Welcome to the penultimate episode, episode 12 of Our World, God's World, series 2. I was planning to introduce you to Trevor James this week, but we will be meeting him next week. Today we are going to Paris. Our guest is Virginie Pierplou, a Roman Catholic Christian in a country that has had a secular constitution for more than 200 years. Virginie is an infant school teacher, married with two daughters, and she has an active role with children in her church. I first met Virginie when she was just 17, as part of an international twinning between two parishes, one in Dorset and one in Normandy. Welcome, Virginie. Would you like you. to would you like to introduce yourself? Okay, well, I'm 42. I live in France. Sorry for my accent. <laughs> Married to a great man. I live near Paris. I know that's a dream for a lot of you. <laughs> but it's um, a big city and I'm, it's called Thiers. There are a lot of buildings, a lot of apartments. And I am a teacher in a primary school. I teach little children. They are six. They learn how to read, how to speak, how to write. I guess it's first class in England. And by us, it's CP. And I've got two daughters. One is 10 and the other one is 13. That's, that's lovely. I, I, I must confess to everyone that I first met Virginie when she was just 17. That's right. <laughs> in, in an exchange that we had, my wife and I were very privileged to go to her wedding with Olivier. Mm-hmm. And that how was how long ago now, Virginie? Uh, that was the twenty third of June in two thousand five. So you're still very young. So would you like to describe where you live near Paris in four adjectives? That's not so easy to describe. Well, I guess it's a lot, it's very urban. Uh, I don't come from Paris. Actually, I, I come from Normandy, and that's a country uh, place. Uh, the Normandy, it's very green. And where I live now, it's very grey. <laughs> there are lots of buildings that's very crowded too, and very multi-ethnic, multicultural. There are a lot of people from Arabia, Africa, Moldavia, from everywhere. And when you hear people speaking, they speak different languages, and that's very funny to try to guess where they come from. But all these people live all together. That's also a busy life where people are always running and I've got every time a lot of things to do. Quite stressful, I guess. But very interesting. And how long have you lived there, Virginie? Mm, I guess 20 years, about 20 years. Can you tell us the name of this, this suburb? Well, in French, that's Thiers. Thiers. Yes, that's funny because we live in a house, we're very lucky, with a little, little garden. And this house was built by my man's grand grandfathers. And we live there. There's a history in that. Goes yeah. back generations. And Françoise, uh, the mother of my man, uh, she, that was a city. And she has gone to the school there when she was a little girl. You, yeah. you see what I mean? Yes, yeah. So you come from Normandy. Mm-hmm. Um, your husband was from Normandy, but his mother 
is yeah. from the same place that you live now. Where I live currently, yes. Yes. That's funny. It is. Thank you, Virginie. So question two, apart from personal things, what things do you think about most? Well, I guess for the moment, I think a lot of the future of our world because of everything is happening. Because of my job, I'm taking care of peoples, of young children, and also uh, I'm taking care of their families because we speak a lot about uh, tomorrow, what they are going to have like, uh, for for jobs and everything. And I can't help thinking of what is going to happen to our world, uh, the people, um, how they are linked together, how they live all together, how they're going to, to give um, to, uh, how to say that, people, um, if people are going to live all separate or all together, how it's going to, to, be, to bring. I don't know if it's clear. <laughs> It's very hard to, uh, to, to imagine and frightening. How people are going to integrate together from yeah. different cultures. Exactly. Uh, currently, uh, people are very scared of uh, illness, of uh, difference, and that's very hard to make people all together and understand themselves and open to the, to, to the other ones. They live together, but beside and not together, and that's very hard. So we have to try to make people know the, the others, discover that we are not so different, and there are a lot of things that bring us all together. And that's very that's something I'm thinking about. And these people will not all be followers of the same religion. Exactly. And sometimes that's hard, because there are so much things that are in common and uh, that can uh, be something good for us. We are not, we've got not the same God, but there are a lot of things that are equal, that are uh, in common. Mm. And we have to show them. Thank you, Virginie. That's interesting. So question three, what's your favorite book, movie, TV or radio show and why? That's a hard one. <laughs> because we love to read, we love cinemas, so you have to choose. Um, and the hard part is that uh, my, my favorite book is a French book. So it's, I have to explain. <laughs> yes, go on. Okay, so that's, uh, uh, the title is Elana. And it's a book for young children. So not uh, little ones, but I guess uh, uh, teenagers or a bit older. So that's a fantasy fiction. It's about a, a young woman, an ind- independent girl. And she was uh, offline, of an age, how do you say, when you lost your parents? Oh, yes. Uh, she was an orphan. Yeah, exactly. And um, she wants to, to, to bring a meaning to her life and to make sense of her life. She, she's looking for a way to live. And she's afraid of the, the bond she makes to other peoples because she suffered from the loss. And it's very interesting to see that she meets people, but she leaves. Uh, she doesn't want to to be friends with them, to make bonds with them, because she's afraid she's going to suffer when they're gone. Yes. So she learns that she can't uh, protect herself from love, from friendship, and she the, the life has no sense without it. So that's very interesting. There are a lot of wise things in this book, and also adventure 
and uh, love and friendship, and that's very interesting. So that's my favorite book. Yeah. How old is Elena in the story? Uh, there are three books. So at the beginning, she's maybe five. And at the end, so you see how she grew growing up. She became a young girl and then a woman and then a mother. And um, so you follow her. It's from uh, Pierre Bottero. And I met, I've, I'm lucky to meet this man. It was a teacher. <laughs> and he has written books for his class and then for for young children and then for other families. You know, like uh, a lot of good books, there are different levels. My girls, they love these books because I love it, of course. <laughs> and also because that's great for um, the adventure part. But the uh, the adults, they also can bring something for them in it. Yes. So it's very interesting. So Elena, she's got, um, she's an apprentice. Is it okay, this word? And she learns from a master. She follows a master. So there's also a link between someone with learning life from another, uh, an eldest one, you know? Uh, like a teacher you. with a pupil, you know? Yes, yes. And uh, you discover that the master, he learns a lot from Elena. And Elena, the pupil, she learns a lot, of course, from the master. As a teacher, you have to be prepared to learn from your students. Exactly. Every day. <laughs> so we can come back to films. Question four. If you were to become a castaway like Tom Hanks, have you, have you seen the film? Yes. Yeah. Other than the obvious practical things, what would you most like to find in one of the FedEx boxes on your island? That's also very difficult to think because... Uh, I guess you can't prepare yourself when that's happening to you. Um, I guess if I can choose, I would love to receive paper and something to write for a lot of reasons. I guess uh, I would love to to write to people. You know, all the things you can't say, you haven't say, and you regret that. So if you can write uh, words, then you you hope that they will receive them one day, even if you're not there anymore. And I would love to write also things, and so you, I won't um, forget things. When I'm speaking, I'm also thinking, I don't know if you do that, but I do a lot of to-do lists, you know, that things you, you want to do. Maybe you haven't got the time for the moment, but you hope that one day you will. Yes. <laughs> and uh, you write the things, and in a way, you're, you're, st- you're already in a way to do them because you write them. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. So there are so much things you can do with papers and write and uh, and a pen. So I guess I would love to do to have that. And if I can have a second thing, let's see. I would love to have also an instrument to play music, of course. Because life without music, I don't know if I can live that. I would love to have a flute or drums or anything to make um, to make music. Flute, guitar, anything. <laughs> Perhaps you can make your own drum. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I could do also. So maybe just paper and pens in the box, and I will beat my own instrument. <laughs> I would try. But a flute, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. You play oh, the yeah. flute. I do, <laughs> Travis flute. And my man too. Do you play? Do you play in an orchestra with other people? I would love that. 
but uh, I've got no time for that, or I don't find time for that. In fact, I used to, I still used to play uh, during the the office on Sunday, and I still play. That's a good way to practice, and also to to be in communion with the people. That's a way to to help people to pray and to to give something else, a color, a light. So that's meaningful. So. Religious music is perhaps the thing you play most on your flute? Yeah, that's right. Have you got a favourite piece? Mm, well, they're French songs, so that's hard to say. <laughs> the music that when people can clap their hands and sing all together and that all goes up to, to God, that's great. Thank you, Virginie. I can I can hear it already. We unfortunately you do not have your flute with you today. I forgot it. I forgot. <laughs> next month. Perhaps next time. Yeah. Question five. Where or when do you feel closest to God and or spiritual things? Well, I must say I really need to be with people. When I am um, in a group that can be at, at school with the other teachers, with the children. Uh, there are a lot of times in my life when I am with a lot of groups of, of children uh, during um, school or catechism, anything. Yes. Uh, so when they are all around, I can't help thinking that God is with us. And that's like waves of God to say, I'm here with, uh, with you all. And I, I do something with you. And uh, through all of you, I do something. So that's a great way to be uh, with God. And also, um, you know, there are times in life when things are difficult and magically, but it's not magically, uh, things get resolved or there are signs and you can't, uh, can't forget that it's not magical. That's a way to help you. And you feel in your heart that you're blessed and that uh, there is a force that wasn't here before. And that really helps to go through and to go farther. And sometimes you think, I can't do that. It's too much. Or I won't achieve that. And you've got the force or the strength to do it. Thanks other people. Thanks uh, little things that you won't uh, think about. And that's great signs also. So in a way, when I'm with people and in other ways, I don't know how it was in other countries, but in France, we were blocked because of the COVID, you know. Uh, we were all running everywhere because of meetings, because of work, because of children. With two girls, I'm always uh, uh, running with the cars, with the girls, to uh, music, to sports, to all the activities. And the weekends and the evening are always busy. And suddenly we were blocked in the house, no friends, no work, no meetings anymore. Um, not, well, we've, we had to do, but um, without uh, walking, without running. So it was really strange. And that was a good way, you know, um, in a way to, to think of all of this. Because we've got a stressful life, every, every time running, every, active, every time active. And we never stop to think, to pray, to, to try to make sense to all this life. Because when you're running, sometimes you, you, in the way, you lost um, the meaning of the life. You forget that it's not only to do things. You've got to do it, this in purpose. So that, that's sometimes great. Uh, late at night, I try to make this break to realize everything that was given to me 
everything that God send us. You've got to make a break in your life to think of that. That's really great. Um, there was a priest who said to, to us, you, you have to think of three things to be grateful every day. And when you, you begin to do that, you realize that there are not only three things, but a lot. And you forget, you forgot sometimes. That's really very interesting, Virginie. Thank you. Count your blessings. I really uh-huh. like that. Yeah. One, two, exactly. three. And then you keep counting because there are lots and lots. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, question six. What's the best piece of good news you have received in the last month? Can I say two things? Oh, yes, go on. <laughs> okay, first things. After the lockdown, people were very afraid and were getting used to be on their own. Uh, slowly, they begin to, to connect again to people, to speak in the streets, um, to exchange uh, of their lives, saying uh, their concern and what they need and, and so on. So that was a great news to me. And first, uh, second one, I'm lucky to be a cate- catechist. Yes. Is it uh, how you said it? So I take care of um, a group and there are 14. There are eight. And I, uh, I do that each year. And last year, unfortunately, we only met two times. So that was too short. And we had uh, our, first me- our first session in September. And that was so great to, to see them all very happy to discover God, to discover Jesus and to see that they belong to a great community and they were all together. And one of them uh, was very surprised to find his friend there and said, wow, you belong to this community? You believe in God? Yes, of course. And they went to the same school and they didn't know that. And they had to come to this uh, to the church session to, um, to understand that they were not alone. That was not only a thing of their father and mother or grandfather or grand- grandmother, but they belonged to the same community and we all believed in God and that was great. And to, to think that today in 2000, uh, 2021st century, we are all together and we still believe in God. That was a long time ago. But this man was so special, God is so special that we still believe in them. And we are in the same way of a lot of people. So that's very great. In France, I know that it's not easy being sometimes being a Christian with a background of laicite. Mm -hmm. And so would you like to explain how it is that you can live in a country that was traditionally Christian but where so much laicite has been promoted over several centuries. If people say that the norm is laicite, then how is it that people and children in particular and families can find their way into faith? Well, in fact, uh, to try to describe it to other people, in France, uh, there are a lot of signs of um, of Christianism, uh, like the churches, of course, our calendar, paintings, and so on. So that is all everywhere, but people have lost uh, the meaning of that. They don't understand it. So in order to promote and to preserve the liberty, the liberty of everyone, uh, they, they try to, to bring this idea of laicity. That means you have the right to have 
a religion, but you also have the right to have none, and all everyone can live all together. And sometimes uh, with our history, uh, that's hard to be uh, Christian because people have an idea of something old, old-fashioned, and traditional. So sometimes that me- that's like you're an old person when you say I'm Christian. For example, in, ch- in a school with the other adults, that's sometimes hard to say I'm Christian because they, tr- they think you're going to promote that in school and you- you're going to keep them from their liberty. So... It's not a secret. I, uh, they know I am, but sometimes it's hard. That can be hard. Uh, what is most challenging, in fact, it's not laicity. I feel it like that. It's uh, that um, before in France there were more Christian than other religions, and at this time, Islam is very, very high. There are a lot, much more than a Christian, and that's sometimes hard. Yes. Because people are looking for something that can be seen. And sometimes Christians are not so, uh, there are not a lot of signs to show it. Because we, are, we haven't got uh, some, a clothes, a special clothes to, to recon, uh, recognize us. Yeah. Uh, we are very discreet. Those so people are looking for something stronger. Yeah. And sometimes they, they try to find it in other religions than in Christian. Yeah. That makes one think. Thank you, Virginie. You're welcome. Well, we better get back to the questions. Question seven. What's okay. the best piece of news you would like to receive in the next month? I may uh, hope that the COVID would disappear if uh, we only can push a button. And yes. so that uh, because in France, we are in the middle of all the countries and we would like to travel without a need to, to to be afraid of that illness. And I guess that's very hard for uh, for the moment because everything that was possible before, exchange with Bridport, exchange with uh, Germany, with other peop- uh, countries, that's very difficult for the moment. There are so much things that we can't do because of that. So that would be very lovely. Because you think internationally, not just... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Question eight, the last one. Have you got a message to give to the world? What a responsibility. Well, I was thinking of a story. I guess it's very international. That's about um, in a forest. There was um, a fire and all the forest was devastating. And uh, um, the, the animals there didn't know how to save things. They said it was too much and nobody would do anything. And there were little sparrow taking water in his, um, how do you say, uh, in his mouth. Yes. Yeah. And he just poured water in his mouth and put little drops on the fire. And all the, the animals were looking at that and saying, what are you doing? You won't solve anything. And he said, I'm doing my part. And I would love that people... Um, try to do their part. I mean, we can do a lot of little things. And sometimes we have the feeling that it's nothing. It's like a drop in the in the, the ocean, you know? Yes. But with all these little drops, you can do a mountain, a lot of things. And I guess that's the way the message of our God, because when Jesus was on us, he was with little people. He, of course, he did miracles and so on because he was the son of God. But he also did little things 
And with that, that was giant. And if um, I am a little girl, I am a tiny girl, I can't do a lot of things. I'm not, I have a, um, I haven't got superpower. I can't solve the, all the problems of the world. But uh, when I, I listen to someone, when I try to take time for others, when I, I discuss with people that are alone, I can do a lot. I hope, I hope so. So I would love the, the world to try to do tiny things each time. Well, I was a, a scout when I was a, girl, a young girl, and we used to do a good, uh, I don't know how to, to say that, uh, we said in um, bonne action quotidienne. A good term for someone every day. Yeah. That exists also in English. So if you try to do that, you, you're doing the job. Um, you are the end and the heart of God on the earth, you know. That is an excellent place to finish, Virginie. And that is a good word to remember. If everyone did a little bit, that would make a big difference to our world. Exactly. It's, it's okay when you are you can't move a lot. There's always things you can do in a way. You just have to be imaginative and think about it. Thank you. Thank you to you. <laughs> a couple of days after our chat, I was delighted to receive a copy of Pierre Bottereau's trilogy, Eleanor, through the post. It is very well written in a French that is not too inaccessible to someone with a bit of French as a foreign language. The book is quite compelling. The young heroine, Eleanor, is both innocent and wise. Lara Croft with a sensitive heart. Sadly, I have not so far come across a translation in English. Virginie hopes for a lessening of the Covid impact. This has not materialised. Although France has an effective vaccine programme, there are still quite strict rules on social distancing, with, for example, large numbers of children being sent home to isolate whenever an infection occurs in their class. I wondered how all this is impacting on the churches and church programmes. I'm really pleased to have Virginie back with me a few days before this podcast is uploaded. So welcome, Virginie. Hello, everyone. I was looking at what you would like to happen in the next month. You would like COVID to become less and less, but in practice, it seems to be on the increase, a fourth wave. Mm. What's the situation where you are in Paris? When, when I see what's happening in the other countries, I would say that we are not the worst because uh, there are a lot of people who got the um, injections. So we are quite protected. We are not so, uh, there are not so many people in the hospitals. The people who are here, there are many, but they are not so, uh, it's not so damageable. So we are quite lucky. Uh, we can't say that COVID is ended. Not yet, sadly, but uh, we have to live with it, in fact. So how are you living with it in your church? And how are the people of your church helping in the situation? Uh, well, for a week, we had a, a meeting with adults to prepare a great meeting. We used to do meetings for catechism. 
before Christmas, for example, and so on. Yeah, and we are doing a meeting for advanced time in order to prepare the hearts of our children to understand what's coming on. And usually we are collecting 100 children together from three parishes uh, in our area. And of course, with COVID, it's quite stressful and we are not uh, sure that it's going to happen. And we were thinking, wow, how are we going to do that? Uh, maybe we are preparing a lot of things and we are not going to make it. And then we just, uh, we just thought, okay, it's, uh, we can't do anything against that. The only thing we can do is preparing things, trying our best and see what's happening. So I think we just realized we just have to uh, overleave that survive. Yes. We can't be frightened and, and scared and, and stay at home um, thinking, oh, what a pity, we can't do anything. In fact, we can do things. So we have prepared something. Maybe it's not going to be so great. Maybe we're gonna, going to, to make that at home. And that's okay. In fact, we're just lucky to be alive. We're just lucky to do something. We've got uh, God above us and is looking at us and trying to help, to help uh, us to do something. So I think we just have to live with it and to find ways so that we can do something. We're going to do something anyway. Wow. You have various plans, but continuous exactly. plans. And I feel we, we have to feel uh, ourselves thankf uh, thankful because we see that we are strong. We can do something. We have... Um, we have lived something that was not so easy and we have done any, uh, something anyway. So you see, it's like a strength and we have realized that we are not, we are not helpless anymore. Uh, we can do something. Yeah. And not only that, well, we can do also um, in our parish, we have realized that sometimes people are um, uh, frightened and they won't come to the services because they are ill um, or because uh, they're scared to become something. So we are, uh, we have, um, we record the services so that people can watch it and take part of it. And there we used to do also top T O P. That means open table in the parish to invite people to, to eat together for people who are, we are, not so rich, or people were alone. We used to, to have meetings on Sunday after the service, and everyone take uh, food with, it, with himself and share it so yes. we can discuss and not feel alone. And that's, what, that's quite hard because we're not allowed to do meetings for the moment. It's not so easy. So we have, changing, uh, we have changed the things, and we prepare boxes, and people go and give it to people. So it's not all together, but it's already something. But they're not forgotten. Yeah. yeah. Above everything. Mm -hmm. We have to try not to forget everyone and to think especially to people who are alone and not so helped. And does this include just the Christian community or is it for everyone? Are you looking out for other people? Anybody. You just have to, to know someone who needs it. 
this is hard work. Mm. Well we need help. <laughs> well done. Well, we shall certainly pray for this is enterprising. We will mm. pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. That's an inspiration. Thank you. <laughs> How can we reach other people? Mm. How can we reach out to care? Okay. It's become the custom for my guests to uh, finish with a prayer for us. And I know you have one. Well, I just choose, I've chosen a, a prayer from uh, old times when I was young. <laughs> I used to be a scout and we had our prayer and I think it's very meaningful. And thankfully, I found it in English also. <laughs> so that's quite easier for me to read it. Maybe I can say it first in French. And then I say it in English, okay? Yes, fine. So, it's a prayer from, I don't know it in English, it's Ignace de Loyola. Oh, yes, Ignatius of Loyola, yes. So, maybe it's a, it's a, a known one. So, maybe when I read it, you're going to recognize it. Yes. So, it's a scout prayer. Seigneur Jésus, apprenez-nous à être généreux à vous servir comme vous le méritez, à donner sans compter, à combattre sans souci des blessures, à travailler sans chercher le repos, à nous dépenser sans attendre d'autres récompenses que celles de savoir que nous faisons votre sainte volonté. In English now? Je comprends. Dear Lord, teach us to be generous to serve you as you deserve, to give and not count the cost, to fight and not eat the wounds, to toil and not to seek for rest, to labor and not to ask for any reward, except that knowing that we do your will. Through Jesus our Lord, amen. Amen. That is a very good prayer for today. I think so. Thank you so much, Perhaps praying to seek to do what God's will is for us is something we should all be doing more of. If we want to be fulfilled, there is really no other way. It is far harder to keep dodging God and then asking him to get us out of scrapes we have landed ourselves in or simply trying to go it alone. Next week I will be talking to Trevor James. In the meantime, whatever challenges you are called to face, may you know the presence of God with you.